You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Your Queer Story. I'm the caterpillar who never made it into a butterfly, Paul Hobbs. And I am not a caterpillar. I've been thrown too thrown off by Paul um, repeatedly trying to figure out a good intro for him so he didn't have to bore you all to death with the same Listen, intro week after week. I'm not a scripted comedian. I just talk and it's funny. Okay? <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> when people say we're funny... Listen, at your wedding, I had three different people approach me oh, and tell me that I God. was the funny one in the podcast. Yeah, so. I know. I know. My sister, we, did we talk about my sister basically fangirling over Paul at my wedding? She's like, oh my God, I've just, I've never met a celebrity before. <laughs> and I was like, if she calls this motherfucker a celebrity one more time. I'm a real celebrity. <laughs> I have that celebrity status. I'm like a Z-list celebrity, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think that would be what we are, Z-list. Uh, we don't count, but um, sure, we, we think we're celebrities. Evan's just jealous. I am jealous. I'm Evan Jones, by the way. Sorry I didn't give you an introduction. I am Mr. Evan Jones of the Joneses of South Carolina. And there's only about, I don't know, half the population that are Joneses. So That's true. That's true. Yeah, literally. Everyone down there is my first or second or third cousin. Every time I go out with my grandma, she's like, now you know that over there. That's your third cousin. And uh, he's married actually to your fifth cousin. And I'm like, okay, grandma. <laughs> so, <laughs> Speaking of cousins, I have a cousin on both sides. It's not it's yes, not, not incest, but my mom married my dad, and yeah. my mom's sister married my dad's cousin. So welcome to Indiana. That's what... but um, <laughs> so we're cousins on both sides, mm -hmm. and uh, it's not incest. It's not incest, no. And uh, that's a good model. It's not incest. It's not incest. Welcome to um, Indiana. Welcome We're close enough, but it's not incest. Which doesn't matter. Anyways, because incest is becoming irrelevant. Not to say that people should be having incest, but according to our government, even if there is incest, you still don't have any rights to your body. So yeah, that's exactly. good to know. Um, so you guys should check out our online store because it's open. It is open. We are officially open for business for all your needs and desires and wants. Um, I am currently wearing a Your Queer Story shirt and you can't see it, but it looks amazing on me. It's really cute. Let me tell you. It is cute. It is cute. So. You can wear our face. 
I put the. I, I have a face on each one of my chesticles. I was gonna say I does the way I set up the shirt. Basically, each of your nipples gets one of our faces on <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly, which it's my and my. I mean, it's a little. My high, mouth but... is almost resting on a nipple. Your mouth is a little high, but um, it's nice. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wearing the YQS shirt. Our Homocrat shirt is coming in next week. We've also got our Sodomite shirt, which I cannot wait to wear somewhere. Um, <laughs> and then we have what's the other one we have? The other one is an original Christian. Oh yeah, it's like that classic style you see everybody wearing. They always say, like, established 1892. Well, guess yeah. what? Ours says established 2018. So. Exactly, bitches. Because <laughs> that's when we established the Church of Queerstianity. Exactly. And you're welcome. So you can find that by going to yourqueerstory.com slash shop. Or you can just go to our website, yourqueerstory.com. There's a link right at the top. Yep. Um, and we also have a partnership with Honey right now. If you go to yourqueerstory.com slash honey... You can save some money. We've got a coupon up to $15 off, so make sure you're checking that out. Save some money, honey. I'm sure they've never had anyone do that before. Also, uh, I'll link this coupon here. The coupon FIRST20, that's F-I-R-S-T-20, will save you $3 off your purchase. It's only good for the first 20 people who use it. It's already been used one time. It's got 19 uses left. You want to save some money? Get out there and order a shirt. Everything is made in America. It is all ethically sourced, which means we're not paying some little child in a sweatshop to make your shirt. Not only are you supporting queer artists, but 10% of your proceeds are going to go to PRISM, which is the Providence uh, Youth Student Movement. It is a local organization for us. It is uh, run by people of color, and it focuses on uh, queer... Uh, well, it focuses on people of color, specifically youth, and they have also done a lot for the queer community. They actually spoke at our transgender rally back last year. I don't know. What was that? November? I don't know. I so. <laughs> the end of last year. Everything runs together in the Trump administration. It's just all one hate. big... Lots like, of fuck up. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so PRISM uh, does a lot in our community, especially for, like you said, for youths, for students, and so 10% of our proceeds are going there they help the community they're in in the process of trying to get a new building so we want to help them so you're you're supporting good causes when you buy our shirts one last announcement and then i promise we'll get started yes yes. um if you join our patreon Mm -hmm. from now until may 31st yep in the beginning of june evan and i will send you a special customized thank you video this goes for anybody already subscribed and anybody who's new to the platform. You can join us. We're, we're starting up on it uh, very soon. We have a lot of great content coming out for our second year as a podcast. Yep. And if you join for $3 a month before May 31st, 2019, Evan and I will send you a special customized thank you video. You want us to be the cock destroyers? We'll do it. You want us to catch things in our mouth that are not sexual? We'll do that. You want us to, I don't know. Do a backflip? We'll do it. We'll figure we it out. We will not do a backflip. I don't know what he's talking about because I know for a do fact that this? he cannot do. I do. I can't do a backflip and neither can you, motherfucker. I'm well, not promising these people things anymore if we can't meet the, pro- the demand. We're going to do it. Listen, whatever you want that's not sexual, <laughs> join us. We'll send you that special video. We will send you a special thank you. Also, if you can only do $1 a month, you can at least vote on our... Um, new video that we have to do a challenge because we hit our next goal for support. I'm really hoping for the cinnamon challenge. Don't. So Jesus Christ, listen, do, not do the cinnamon challenge. If you want to see Evan suffer, vote for the cinnamon challenge. I won't just make saying. it. I You'll just, make it. I know that for now. I know I won't make it. I won't uh, be here. We'll have Sam with you. 
to bring you back to life <laughs> if you need something, okay? Uh, well, I, I did it once and almost threw up. It was fine. I'm still just here Just what I love. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you think that a dollar, three dollars doesn't go a long way, it goes a lot farther than you think. Listen, and- because of people donating even small amounts, we were able to upgrade our studio and continue to support the queer community. It's yep. allowed us to grow and learn and just continuously improve uh, to bring you these podcasts We've had people reach out from uh, Scotland, Portugal, and we wouldn't have been able to ensure that those things happened without our patrons. Yep. And our listeners. So so your message is going all over the world, and we thank you for that. Um, Yeah. So anyways, lots of ways that you can support us. Of course, always listening, sharing, and uh, messaging us. That's a great way to support us. Going on our Patreon or, or buying yourself a shirt pride is right around the corner oh my god can you hear him in the background my little dog he's like (laughs) um anyways um and like i said pride is right around the corner so you want to make sure to get your sodomite shirt your homocrat shirt your your queer story shirt i'm officially yelling over stewie get your shirt we made it one episode (laughs) (laughs) so evan uh Tell me about your week. Tell you. My week is a shit show because it is the biggest week at work for me, except for Christmas. I am preparing for my inventory, and uh, I'm surprised if you even have time to do this episode, but here I am because I'm committed. Your commission. Commitment I, is what? You're not scared of commitment. I'm not You've scared You've been married twice. That's just proof right <laughs> exactly, there. Exactly. Exactly. And, and next week, or the end of this week, will be one month, which means three more months, and I'll officially have made it longer than my first marriage. I'm so, going to get you a gold star. Please do. Please do. <laughs> Longest marriage. <laughs> Exactly. Like, oh, so you've been married 25 years. Oh, well, try five months, motherfucker. You did do a lot of work. I was designing merchandise. That's what I did all week. Yeah, you did. And it looks beautiful. You've got to check it out. Even if you don't get something, you've got to at least check at least out the share website. It. If you have some people who you know want to wear a nice pride shirt, just share them, send yeah. them the link. Share it on Facebook. Exactly. That, the easiest way to support us if you don't have money is to share links to our stuff. Yep. Honestly, if you think, I, I really wish I could help these people. I really wish I could support the podcast. If you just share the link to our iTunes page or our spotify Mm -hmm. page or share the link to our website maybe show a friend show show a parent who's trying to be supportive but they don't know how the more downloads we get the the more people that listen to us the more likely people are to want to support us and the more educated they get the more um we can help the world and that's what our real goal is our goal is not to make money here our goal is to spread queer knowledge queer history and love where's a couple of hippies <laughs> I'm not going to go that far, but okay. Uh, no, but yeah, it is true that like there's so many ways to support us, and we definitely really appreciate the people that are on our Patreon. But again, we know we know what it's like to literally have Nothing. no money, or or you're stretched thin because you're you know you're supporting other causes. There, with the Trump administration, there are so many causes to support. All right, so let's we got to get to the person we're actually talking about today. We've got Memorial Day coming up, and this episode drops right before it. And, uh, you know, it's the day that we remember those who have fallen. So I think it's pretty fitting that we're going to cover a, um, a former soldier who served for 20 years. Not only a soldier, a Navy SEAL. A Navy SEAL. The baddest of the, the baddest yeah. bitch. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to, um, yeah, we'll get it. We're going to talk about a little, a little bit about the Navy SEALs and just like what they do. But so the person we're covering this in today is Kristen Beck. She is, like we said, a former 20 year Navy SEAL. 
Um, in keeping with our May theme of current people, which we are going to be covering th- current people, our last episode will be on George Takei. So tune in next week if you want to learn more about him. Uh, and current people making history. Today we are covering American hero, Iraq war veteran, and transgender advocate Kristen Beck. With the transgender military ban now in effect and thousands of qualified soldiers being denied service, we feel this episode is especially appropriate. From a rugged 20-year Navy SEAL veteran to a beautiful outspoken woman, Kristen Beck perfectly sums up why the transgender military ban is complete garbage. Before we talk about her work today, let's first dive into her queer story. Born on June 21st, 1966, Kristen was assigned male at birth. While she remembers feeling dysphoria from a young age and being drawn to more feminine tastes, Kristen was pushed into a strict masculine role as a child. One day, her father caught her trying on dresses and lost it. Kristen would later tell the Washington Post, He gave me a good enough scare that it would be a real long time before I ever did it again in front of anybody. Growing up on a farm, a boy was expected to be a boy, and Kristen worked to suppress her feelings. She played sports and tried to find overexpressive ways to show her masculinity. In addition to struggling with her identity, she also struggled with understanding her orientation, as is natural in many transgender individuals who cannot articulate the jumbled feelings that dysphoria and identity questions bring. Yeah, so we're going to list a lot of resources because there's a lot of good information out there, most of it supplied by Kristen herself. Um... Paul and I got a chance to message her, and we are trying to set up an interview with her. It's just she has a very busy, busy schedule, um, and we have a busy schedule. No, probably not as busy as hers. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, we are trying to set up an interview with her, but we were able to message her a little bit, and she uh, told us about an ar- article that I also found. It's in GQ magazine. We will add the link whenever we put it on our social media. But it, it, that article talks a lot about her dysphoria from a young age and then in the military and like all the ways that she tried to express her identity, but in secret or without any, you know, uh, all the ways she had to go out of her way to try to express her identity and how hard it is. Yeah. Growing up, she even had a, there was a closet where her sisters would put their clothes that they didn't want anymore. And she would hide a few things in there and call out and call out sick, uh, play sick so she could stay home from school and just to wear the clothes. Yeah. You don't have that in there, right? No, no, I don't have that in here. No, she would call out, she would play sick so she could stay home. You know, dad was gone. Mom was gone. Uh, brother or sisters were and brother were at work. Sisters and brother were at school. She could, you know, put on nail polish and some shoes and an outfit and really explore who she is. And these type of things as a cisgender person, I never had to consider. I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you're trans, great. Like, you accept, like, good for you. I'm so happy for you. But I never thought about the battle that goes on behind the scenes. I mean, I did, but it never to that extent of like, pretending to be sick and like sneaking to wear outfits like I just it was never something I thought of so she did in her documentary um Lady Valor she does a really good job of explaining the behind the scenes of the mentality of it all yeah 
Yeah, and, and you hear it in a lot of people, and you don't have, we're going to talk in a second, like, you don't have to have dysphoria to be transgender, and, and not everyone has these stories, but a lot of people do. A lot of people have the stories, I mean, Caitlyn Jenner, I mean, not to compare the two, but Caitlyn Jenner also talked to him when she was coming about out about the same things as a young person, how she would sneak around and she would try on her mother's clothes, and it's a way that you really feel valid. I mean, I was way too scared to ever try on my brother's clothes, but I remember how much I wanted to I remember I remember how much I wanted you know like I would get so invested in in the them their them getting dressed because I wished that I could be the one that was getting dressed you know you so, would, would you always like help make sure they were all done up and- oh yeah especially when my brothers were, were younger now as they got a little older they wanted to dress themselves but when my little brother was little I mean I remember I even remember laying out his outfits for Sunday church because I just liked coordinating the outfits you know and I, I would think about putting them on but I you know I knew I would have hell to pay if I, I, you know, put them on. So you never I mean, snuck as like a child. Did you ever get? Were you ever home alone and snuck? Was, I was way too scared. If I had been caught wearing a pair of pants, like literally, my, even as a child, child. What do you mean? Like I don't know, like twelve, thirteen. If I had been caught wearing a yeah. pair of pants at, at twelve or thirteen, I would have been beaten. Oh my god! Yeah, I would have. Been, I would have been spanked black and blue. Meanwhile, so, so let me tell you, just to add an, an element to this uh, story. I remember very, very, very clearly, I was six years old, and I remember because uh, my great-grandmother passed when I was eight, I was six years old, and I asked my mom to make me a girl, mm-hmm. and she did my makeup, you know, she put my, I had like a little bit longer hair on top, so she like combed it over to the side, she put mascara on me, lipstick, and one of her shirts, and I wore it, it was down to my feet, you know, she was an adult, I was a child, mm-hmm. and uh, I put on a pair of her shoes, and I just walked around, and I remember... My great grandma, she literally looked at me and she was like, oh, look how pretty you look. So the comparison of the worlds that we grew up in, it's just, it's so different. Yeah, it it is. It is. It's very different. But that's why you have a great relationship with your mom. That's why your mom is the best. And that's what you should do. I mean, I don't know. I don't. No, I mean, I think today we're coming to a point where like people are, at least the younger generation is more accepting. Like if they're, they're accepting, like if my kid comes out as transgender, I'm going to love them just the same. But I think especially at that age, there might've been fear. Like what if my kid is trans? What if, what if he wants to transition? Your mom could have been thinking that. I don't know, but she didn't let that stop. Let her, she didn't let that stop her from letting you explore. No, she you know? didn't care. She it's, was like, great, let's do yeah. it. You want to put on a fucking, you want to wear a dress and some heels? Let's do it. Let's see what, you, if you like it, if you like it, you yeah. like it. If you don't, at least you had fun. And that's what you do. That's all you have to do. Let your kids explore. Let them figure it out. Because when you don't. And guess what? <laughs> I'm still gay, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, but. You, if you, that's not the reason. Exactly. I, that's, I remember, I remember as a little kid also, another story. I know I'm making this a lot about <laughs> me. Sorry. But I remember being at Walmart, you know, a little kid, and I would go to buy underwear, and I would just look at the packaging because yeah. the male underwear has all the um, yeah bulges. <laughs> that was my favorite. Oh, I need to buy some new underwear, mom. As a child, yeah. not as yeah, you know, it's gonna I've be, always yeah. known. It's going to be there regardless. It's going to be there regardless. It's just going to come down to how you react to it. So no, but yeah, but your kid's identity, their orientation, it's going to be there regardless. It's going to come down to how you react and you respond to it. So if you're going to have a reaction, like my parents would have had, like Kristen's dad had, you're going to 
you're going to get your kid. All you're doing is suppressing your child exactly. and causing them trauma and mental mental anguish. Mental and we pain see that they don't need. You, and, and we don't even get into it as deep. But when you listen to her story in, in Lady Valor, you see the extreme mental anguish of trying to hide who you are. And that's one thing. Okay, so I heard Navy SEAL. I was like, this is a badass bitch. She mm-hmm. has no issues of like, she's so strong. She was in, you know, she's done so much. She's trained. She's a strong soldier. And then when you listen to her story, listening to her speak will do it much more justice than we do. I really recommend checking out her documentary. Yeah. Um, but it just makes you understand so much clearer what it feels like. Yeah. And I, it's just as, a, like I said before, as a cisgender man, that's not something I ever took into consideration. Yeah. I didn't understand that there was a whole other element to it. Hey, Christians. Today's episode is brought to you by Honey, the incredible browser extension. Honey searches the web for you and automatically applies the best coupons to your order. I have personally saved a ton of money using this extension. When we upgraded our audio equipment, we saved around $20. That was just one purchase. The average Honey user saves $30. How could Honey be any better, you ask? Honey now offers exclusive coupons for the Your Queer Story merch shop. So make sure you check it out while you shop for your new swag. To learn more, visit yourqueerstory.com honey. Again, that's yourqueerstory.com honey. So we got to get back to the script, but we want to pause a moment and explain the term dysphoria, not only because it is helpful in being an ally to our trans siblings, but also because it is very, it is the very word that is at the root of the Trump administration's military ban. According to Webster's Dictionary, the term gender dysphoria means a distressed state arising from conflict between a person's gender identity and the sex the person has or was identified to having at birth. A person does not have to have dysphoria in order to be transgender. And every case of dysphoria varies in its intensity from person to person. Some people are able to manage their dysphoria through counseling, while others may need further treatment. Some people have dysphoria sporadically, while others feel it on a daily basis. And individuals have, ne- and some individuals have never struggled with gender dysphoria at all. Some of the characteristics of gender dysphoria are laid out by the American Psychiatric Association. The gender conflict affects people in different ways. It can change the way a person wants to express their gender and can influence behavior, dress, and self-image. Some people may cross-dress, some may want to socially transition, others may want to medically transition with sex affirmation surgery and or hormone treatment. Socially transitioning primarily involves transitioning into the affirmed gender's pronouns and bathrooms. People with gender dysphoria may allow themselves to express their true selves and may openly want to be affirmed in their gender identity. They may use clothes and hairstyles and adopt a new first name of their experienced gender. Similarly, children with gender dysphoria may express the wish to be of the opposite gender and may assert they are, or will grow up to be, of the opposite gender. They prefer they prefer or demand clothing, hairstyles, and to be called a name of the opposite gender. Medical transition is the is only relevant and at and after the onset of puberty. All right. So again, just hammering home. So because you hear a lot about gender dysphoria, and here's the reason why: gender dysphoria is recognized as a medical condition, but not a mental illness. However, the U.S. military has ruled that this condition requires special accommodations, and the Department of Defense now states on their website. 
Persons with gender dysphoria who seek to transition genders require special accommodations from military standards. Individuals who have undergone either hormone therapy or sex reassignment surgery for gender dysphoria will no longer be able to join the military without a waiver. Which is no one. So... On paper, it seems like the military is simply disqualifying those who struggle with dysphoria and may not be stable enough to serve, which is how the government always tries to cover things up. Mm -hmm. However, since there are no medical levels or degrees of dysphoria, this puts every single trans person diagnosed with dysphoria under a broad stroke. Even though many transgender individuals who have or continue to experience dysphoria do not experience it in a way which hinders their which hinders them from functioning like any other individual. Yeah, so it's so because there's no like we said there's no degrees. So dysphoria can be anything. There are people who they have such strong dysphoria that it's literally they it causes them to self-harm, they can't get out of bed, it's crippling. And then there's people like I've struggled with dysphoria in in their you know, it's like waves of depression or anxiety like where I, I I'll struggle and I have a bad day, but it doesn't stop me from being able to do my job. It doesn't stop me from functioning like any other person who gets up and they have a bad day because their marriage is on the rocks or they have a bad day because um you know they're going through a hard time financially and I'm not trying to compare those but I'm just saying they're they're everybody has shit they're going through and for a lot of trans people dysphoria is just part of the shit that you go through it's, it's just not part of fun life. you know but you just it's what you deal with to say that you can't do your job is bullshit and because we don't have degrees and levels they can just say well any person who's been diagnosed with this gender dysphoria can't serve but there's the problem with that it also conveniently the Labeling gender dysphoria as a reason why you can't serve in the military conveniently ignores a very key factor in our medical and legal system, which is that most insurances require an individual to be diagnosed with gender dysphoria in order for that individual to receive hormone reparative therapy, HRT, or gender affirming surgery. We don't use the term sex change or reassignment surgery on this podcast. They do not properly convey what gender affirming surgery is. We use gender affirming surgery. Most places still say sex reassignment surgery, which ironically, if an individual is diagnosed with gender dysphoria, it can be considered a pre-existing condition. And if the Obama era rules are struck down, then transgender individuals can be denied any health coverage because of their pre-existing condition that they need in order to get their hormones and their surgery let me tell you the trump administration will just find any way to shit on people who are not straight white oppressed christian evangelicals they're so oppressed oh god they're all all the way so in addition to the medical side of things most states require an individual an individual to be diagnosed with gender dysphoria in order for that person to legally change their name and gender marker and in fact 23 states require full surgery, and three states won't change an individual's gender marker no matter what. These states are Kansas, Ohio, and Tennessee. All of this means that most transgender people seek a dysphoria diagnosis so that they can legally and medically transition, which also means that the military, excluding transgender individuals diagnosed with dysphoria from serving, is a is essentially excluding the vast majority of transgender Americans. Yeah, so they set it up where... Like you have to fuck yourself because you you basically so doctors what happened was in order for a person to get HRT in order for them to legally change their name and do all the things that you need to do as a transgender individuals 
Yeah. So what it does is it sets it up. So so what happened is doctors, because people had because transgender individuals had to have this gender dysphoria diagnosis in order to get the things that they need. Doctors just got in the habit of of diagnosing a person with gender dysphoria. And some a lot of times the trans individual did have gender dysphoria, but other times it was the only way that they could get the hormones and their surgery and the legal changes that they needed. So the doctor would diagnose it for the person so that they could have those changes. But now the military is coming back and saying, well, if you have this diagnosis, would you basically need to live as an out to have any kind of medical and legal um, outing as a trans individual? If you have that gender dysphoria, then you can't serve. So it basically they're just making it so that the majority of trans individuals cannot serve in the military. But of course, as Evan said, it's all bullshit because even with dysphoria, because even with dysphoria, transgender individuals such as Kristen Beck have proven again and again that they are capable and even exemplary soldiers. Going back to Kristen's story, in 1984, at the age of just 18, Kristen enrolled in the Virginia Military Institute. She graduated in 87 and continued to pursue a career in the military, aiming for one of the most elite branches, the Navy SEALs. The SEALs are an elite task force trained to combat on air, land, and sea, which is part of SEALs, air, land, and sea. Uh, the training is to become a SEAL is so rigorous that 80% of participants drop out before completing the program. So they go into the training and they don't even complete it. But Kristen was determined not to be one of the 80%. She later would tell CNN, I thought I could totally make it go away if I could be at the top level. Maybe I could cure myself. Yeah, she even said like, she was like, I wanted to be deployed because when I was out there being a SEAL, that's all I thought about. Yeah. SEAL, I was a SEAL, I was a SEAL, I was working. That was my focus. I didn't have to think about the outside world. Yeah. However, of course, she couldn't hide from herself, even if she did hide from others. And though the SEALs didn't allow women to be Navy SEALs until 2016, in 1991, Kristen graduated with 179 other cadets to become a Navy SEAL. She was still decades away from coming out and starting her transition, but this incredible woman completed the training. The military stated transgender individuals and women couldn't handle. And that was just the beginning of her career as a soldier. Yeah, so if you've ever watched um, uh, what G.I. Jane uh, with Demi Moore, where she does the SEAL training, it was done in the 90s, but SEALs weren't even allowed, women weren't even allowed to be SEALs in the 90s. So... Uh, you know, they say that if you're a woman and if you're transgender, you just aren't stable enough. And Kristen Beck's like, yeah, well, fuck it. You'll hold my beer. <laughs> so over the next 20 years, Kristen would be deployed 13 times and would take part in hundreds of missions. She married twice, trying to find a sense of balance and normalcy. I think she's, she's, she has married twice, but not twice then. She married once then. Mm-hmm. She had two kids with her first wife, Shelly. I was just trying to fit into the stereotype American dream, exactly what my parents and everyone expected of me, Kristen said in her documentary, Lady Valor, which we've said many times and is one of your recommended resources for today. You can get it. I think it was, it cost me $1.99 on YouTube to rent. Yeah. I got to rent it for 48 hours. Um, $1.99. Uh, if you have $2 to spare, I really it's recommend really checking yeah. it out. It's a, it was on Amazon Prime for a long time now. It's still on Amazon. But it's not on Amazon Prime anymore, but it's, it's such a good documentary. You got to check it out if you can. Kristen and Shelly had two children and Kristen says she attempted to come out to her wife in the early years of their marriage, but Shelly wasn't interested in that so-called lifestyle. So instead, Kristen began to sign up for more deployments, searching for a way to escape the growing voice in the back of her mind that seemed that screamed to be let out. 
She found some small ways to express her gender. Every year, she would dress up as a nurse or a cheerleader for Halloween. While everyone could assume that she was being humorous, in truth, it was one night she could show people her true self. Kristen also bought a boat, and when she was home from tour, she could go out on the boat, dress in her stockings and skirt, and be herself alone. Yeah, and and in that GQ article that I recommended, she talks about that, how she went one night, like she dressed up full in like her stockings and, and makeup. I don't know if she wore a wig as well. And she went to one of her military buddies and showed up and he's like, um, what, what are you doing? Like she was supposed to meet him for beers and she's like, I just like to dress up like this sometimes. And he was like, um, okay, well just make sure the rest of the guys don't know about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And he, he was cool about it, but like it was again that, Fine, whatever. If you got to do your weird little thing, just do it when you, you know, in your own privacy. Right. Be quiet about it. Yeah. But the constant withdrawal took a toll on the family. After nine years, Shelly took the kids and left Kristen. Partially due to guilt and partially due to self loathing, Kristen faded from the children's lives. Today, she expresses it as one of her biggest regrets. I messed them up so bad, she wrote in her memoir, Warrior Princess. I'm worthless to them now. How can I go back and fix this, if ever? Sadly, this is the story of many parents who transition later in life. This is why it is so important to make our family members understand they will always be loved no matter what. And she did mention that she it wasn't because of her transition, not saying her kids rejected her because of her transition, but because she couldn't talk about it, because she couldn't go through it when she was younger, and she was it made her distant. So yeah. she was constantly leaving. She was she was so rep- she felt so repressed and secretive. She um, a lot of times stated that she was like an angry bearded Viking. And yeah. she was so strict and angry. And, and it wasn't anger at anyone. She just couldn't. It was just the the fact that she had to be pretend to be someone mm-hmm. else for so long. And it just wore her down and wore yeah. her down and wore her down. So the only way that she could cope with it was to drink until she felt numb. And then, you know, she would be angry. And it was just yeah. all of those repressed feelings trying to come out. And if she had been accepted from a younger age and just been able to be yourself maybe you know it might not have been an issue yeah well you can't be close to someone when you have such a huge secret no, no you matter, can't you can't yeah I, you can't no matter how hard you try no matter what you do no matter you know you know again i that just because i go back because they're two very relevant people in pop culture uh but like caitlin jenner you know, married for 25 years. I don't know what their marriage was like. It seemed like they had a happy marriage. But I do know that when you have to hide such a big part of yourself, you just can't ever be that close. And and people have two different extremes. And one of those is just to withdraw completely. And Kristen would talk about how she felt like if she was doing her kids a favor to kind of just be out of the, at the time. She thought she was doing them a favor by being out of their lives. You know, and now looking back, she wishes she could do it differently. But I mean, again, that's what happens when you force people into a closet. Mm-hmm. Not That's not the problem. The kids, I'm not putting the blame on the kids, they're children. I'm just saying a society, when we force people to hide who they are, it has these ripple effects down to our families. So by her early 30s, Kristen was alone and wishing for death. In Lady Valor, Kristen explains that the part of the reason she was such a good soldier was because she didn't fear death. In fact, she welcomed it. And Kristen was a fantastic Navy SEAL by military standards. She earned the Bronze Star, the Purple Heart, and over 25 other service medals service medals. She rose through the ranks to senior chief petty officer and served on the top Navy SEAL team, Team 6. This was the same unit that would take out Osama bin Laden just a few months after Kristen retired. 
And yeah, she did talk a lot about how she was like, they called her at the time the cavemen because she would just run into these caves and shout for, you know, out for the Taliban. Like and she, she didn't would just care. run straight through. Just straight through and, and didn't care. And everybody else was scared and she just charged in. No, yeah. no fear. No fear. But I mean, it was no fear because she wanted to die because she couldn't be herself. Right. If you don't care if you live, then what is death? Right. You know? Yeah. But while Kristen was injured several times during her service, broken ribs, strained discs, dislocated shoulders and knees, and scarred, and a scarred arm from a rocket. She's actually 90% disabled now because yeah. of that. She, had, she basically listed off everything that she had broken in her documentary. She was like, fingers, this, I'm pretty sure she said every bone in her body. It yeah. was insane. She never found the escape she sought in death. She managed to live through it all. So one night in 2011, she began drinking heavily and wondered if she should end it all. Business Insider wrote, Will I ever be able to be me? She asked herself and just kept looking at her gun resting on a shelf. Take it and just get it done with now. You don't deserve to be alive. She picked up the pistol and examined it, but then reconsidered. There's still so much out there to do, she thought, and put the gun down. Wow. And there was so much left to do. In 2011, Kristen Beck retired from the military. Just two years later, she published her memoir, Warrior Princess, with the help of psychologist Anne Speckard, and finally came out as a transgender woman. Now, she retired from the military, but she was still working, um, she was still working for the Pentagon, so she just retired from being a Navy SEAL. Since then, Kristen has been a nonstop vocal advocate for LGBTQ rights and especially transgender veterans. She ran for a congressional seat in 2016, but came in second place to Marilyn Steiny Hoyer. I don't know. That's how his name's spelled. I didn't misspell that. <laughs> she has appeared on countless networks and platforms to speak out against the injustices against the queer community, and she has publicly taken Donald Trump to task over his flagrant anti-trans agenda. And also in in her documentary, she talks about how when she first came out, you know, the only place that she could go that was safe was gay bars yeah um and she said she would go there and she you know she said she got a mixed reaction of course you know you've got the people who are understanding and you know they want to welcome her in the community but then she said you know all she was looking for was a little support she made she made a very clear statement that was like listen as a soldier i had my backup i had the people i knew that were going to get me out i had my you know people watching my back i had this i had that i had the other but when I went to these places, I was alone. I had no one. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen those people at the bar sitting there hoping that someone will come talk to them. But at the time, you know, I didn't, I just never thought about it. And that's a big regret I have in my life and something that I'm definitely going to change in the future, making yeah. sure to approach that person and just saying, hey, how's it going? I'm Paul. Yeah. Just welcoming them they just need they they just need something they need someone there because um as we've done this podcast and i've I've researched and learned i've just my eyes have been open so much to not everybody has a someone yeah well i think we have to remember because we go out to the bars but these bars aren't are gay bars and one day one day we will do a episode just on gay bars because Gay bars are not just a regular bar, not just because they're fun and they're glittery and they have drag shows, but because that is a safe space for our community. It's the one place you go and you don't have to worry about anybody looking at you. You don't have to worry about anybody saying anything to you. I mean, about the fact that you're queer, right? you know, and we, but what's unique about our community, people are constantly joining our community at all different points of their life. Yep. 
you know? So when you see that older, uh, you know, transgender woman or drag queen uh, uh, or, you know, that, that shy, you know, boy, girl in the corner, you're not sure. Are they, they, they a trans guy? Is that a gender nonconforming person? When you see this new person in your community and you know, you think, you know, we can get so clicky and we don't think about what this person has gone through just to be at that gay bar. And they this could is be the, terrified. Exactly. What if somebody finds out? Yeah. This is the only place that they can go. Sitting here with the loud music, sitting and drinking on drink, it's the only place that they can go and know that they're safe. And just take a few moments. You know, don't make fun of them with your friends. Don't point and laugh. I've seen some older oh people God, in the, the bars and I've seen people's reaction and being catty because we can be so fucking catty. You don't know what that person has gone through to get there. Like it takes so much for people to come out and people are coming out of all stages and all areas and they're evolving and it's just scary and hard, you know, and so we got to think about that. You talking to them could be the difference between them saying, all right, I can finally be myself. This is a community I can join. Or them saying, this isn't, I I can never be myself. I might as well just give up. Yeah. I mean, it's like we talk about all the time. I don't know what we would have done in Indiana if we hadn't found each other. And I remember, yeah. Who knows where I would be at today? Who knows? Who knows? And I remember us going to the gate. I remember, I've told the story before about like, right after I came out as, as lesbian, way back when I left the church, it was like a month or so after, and I had no one. And I go to the one gay bar that I can find in fucking Portage, Indiana, which if you know Portage, Indiana, it's a hick town. I don't know why there was a gay bar there, but I show up and I'm like, oh my God, this is the best place I've ever been in my life. Wow, this is amazing. Like guys are dancing together and girls are kissing and people are wearing whatever they want. And I'm like, I'm in heaven. I'm coming here every night. And then they get up and they're like, so we just want to thank you guys all for coming on our last night before we close. Um, thanks for your support and community. Hopefully one day we can open another gay bar in the area. And I was just crushed because I was like, what do I do now? I don't yeah. have anyone. I don't have, I have nothing. I don't know what to do. So someone sitting in the bar, I, you can think that they should... They, you can think we're so evolved now and it's so easy and how can you not know what you're doing? They don't. It's just, we're not, it's not as easy as you think. Right. So take the extra time, include people. Just um, say hi. You don't even have to, hi. don't spend all night with them if you don't want to. No. Go say hi, introduce yourself, say, you know, if you need somebody to talk, you don't even have to tell them that. Just be friendly. Just be friendly. Don't stand on the side and make yeah. fun of them. And shut down the people that are making fun of them. You want to, you want people to stand up for okay. you. You stand up for others. You know, you got to stand up. You got to voice it. And if you are the one that's making fun of people, uh, go fuck yourself. Dot com. Go fuck yourself.com. <laughs> it's it's not cute. It's not catty. Don't do it. Go right. go make fun of some some Nazi. You can make fun of them as much as you want. Don't make fun of the the person sitting in the corner of the bar that looks weird to you. Mm-hmm. So in 2015, Kristen found love again and married Heather Stott, an Air Force veteran, and the two settled down on Beck Ranch to raise chickens and cattle. Kristen has a deep love for animals, which is shown through her social media. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram. Um, uh, she's on all forms of social media, mostly on Twitter and Instagram, but even cute fur babies. What? The, the, her handle is Valor, the number four and us for Valor for us. Yes. Yeah. Valor for us. Um, you can follow her on there, but even with cute fur babies to distract her, her advocacy still comes first. Every day, her courage and valor reminds us of what it truly means to serve one's country. Even when many in that country try to strip you of the very rights you vowed to protect. 
Kristen also runs a nonprofit called Mindful Valor. We had the privilege of speaking with her through Messenger, and she told us about the organization. It's about trauma and alternative therapy. It's also about the military and its view as to power being the only tool toward peace. I think winning hearts and minds and gaining a lasting peace takes much more than strength. It will take mindfulness and compassion. Yeah. And we'll end this episode with a quote from the opening of her book. Again, that's Warrior Princess. I do not believe a soul has a gender, but my new path is making my soul complete and happy. I hope my journey sheds some light on the human experience and most importantly, helps heal the socio-religious dogma of a purely binary gender. So your recommended resources are the documentary Lady Valor, which we've mentioned numerous times. You can find it on Amazon or YouTube. Just Google it. You can literally find it. You can rent it for $1.99. You can also look into the book Warrior Princess. Yep. And we'll also do the link to GQ. You could probably go to GQ and look up Kristen Beck, but um, the link was a really long site. I can't just like say the link, but we will also tag the link in our social media when this episode drops to the GQ article. It's a very in-depth article. And it's one that um, Kristen personally recommends if you want to know a little bit more about her. I think it actually takes some excerpts from her book, Warrior Princess. So if you don't want to read a whole book, you do that. And again, uh, make sure you check out our merch, guys. Pride's right around the corner, so you got to get your Pride merch. Wear our faces on yourself. Wear our wear face the, on your... Wear the word sodomite in giant lettering. Piss but, off the religious right. By the way, the T in sodomite is a cross. It's an mm-hmm. Easter cross, so it's like extra, it's like, it's like an extra fuck you. Yep. Make sure you check that out. So be a, yeah, be a proud sodomite. So stay queer. Don't get a lobotomy. Talk to a new person at the bar that you've yes. never seen before that's sitting by themselves. Talk to them, um, and we love you, our little suckling sapphists. Our allied hookers. Our proud homocrats. Establish the homocracy, and bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.